Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thanks for joining us. We're continuing our mini-series on marriage preparation and just like to mention to all those who are already married that almost everything that we're going to be mentioning in this series can be applied to married couples as well. Last episode, we talked about marriage preparation for communication, but the same system that we mentioned, PREP, P-R-E-P, can be used by married couples as well, quite successfully, and the same will apply to today. But the Vatican has recently come out with a paper advocating increasing the length of time for pre-cana from six months to a year. I'm rather sensitive to the pace of life uh, today, and I'm thinking that actually might drive more young couples away from the church by increasing it. What I would rather see, and this is what I'm recommending, because I'm in full agreement that we need to put more effort into marriage preparation. I'm 100% behind that. But rather than making it necessarily longer, let's make it better. And I'm going to be talking about a companion pair of resources today that are just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But how do we help young couples make wise decisions? And I would like to start with the very popular singer, Taylor Swift. Now, I'm not an expert on Taylor Swift, so please forgive me if I make mistakes here. But uh, having heard some of Taylor Swift's songs, it seems like a lot of them had to do with really bad ex-boyfriends. And she has really made an industry out of these bad relationships. There's one song, Joe Jonas. She, This guy not only dumped Taylor Swift for another girl, he did so with a 20-second phone call. That's pretty abrupt. And there's another song, Picture to Burn. And this was Taylor Swift's high school boyfriend who apparently dumped her for one of her good friends. That's a lousy thing to do. And then a third song, I Knew You Were Trouble. And her songs have struck a very deep chord with women, not only young women, but women around the world. She's sold over 70 million albums. Now, you might say, I don't like Taylor Swift, and you're missing my point. You don't sell 70 million albums without somehow in your music connecting with the listener. And what at least my crude understanding of Taylor Swift is that she's experienced a lot of bad relationships and that really resonates with multi-millions of people around the world. I can remember vividly a woman who was in my office for a counseling session. This is when we still lived in Florida and just tears. I mean, she she could like just pulling Kleenex out one after another, describing to me 
what life was like uh, with this alcoholic, cruel husband, weeping, 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 and going through unbelievable descriptions. And then I asked her during kind of a pause in the weeping, I said, well, how long were you going together until you discovered he had a problem with alcohol? And I'm trying to remember, but I think she said, the first date. Now, it's really dangerous when anyone develops a relationship that leads to marriage that uh, is done in the improper way. In other words, you become bonded before you even use your rationality to evaluate should really this relationship be anything that I should be involved with. So I'm going to describe to you two excellent resources today. One of them is is not even written. It's not. It's a book. It's not written by a Catholic. Now I realize that a lot of books are marketed to Catholics. Like if you buy this book, your young adult is just going to eat it up. And really, a lot of those ads and a lot of those books are really marketed to parents what they would like their young adults to hear. But it's my experience that the older your son or daughter is, particularly getting near marital age, which tends to be a little later in today's world, generally speaking, uh, their openness to what I would call preaching type of uh, books and messages uh, decreases considerably. Now, I have seen here when parents come in with, say, like a recent college graduate, let's say one of their daughters. I can remember this. And we had all these books before Amazon put us out of the book business. And we go around and the parents were just excited. They're ecstatic about this resource, that resource, and, and multiple resources. And the daughter just follows them around. But then they came to a book entitled How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. And that book came off the shelf, and she started reading it immediately. This is a book, I would say cleverly, and I don't by, by clever, I don't mean tricky. I mean the author, John Van Epp, who I've met and have discussions with, he's a great guy, uh, just knows how to get into the hearts of young adults. He's done campus ministry. And the subtitle of his book, How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk, is The Foolproof Way to Follow Your Heart Without Losing Your Mind. And the problem that he's identified is kind of the Taylor Swift problem in so many of her songs. It's the same problem with the wife who described to me her deepest regrets for marrying a man who's an alcoholic and how difficult it is once you establish a family and then realize you made a horrible decision that you should have recognized early on. You just can't follow your emotions. You need to use some rationality. And John Van Epp has developed a method to do so. Now, I recommend the book, How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk, but also he has courses online, and his website is lovethinks.com. 
Com. In other words, how to use your mind, not just your emotions, in making a marital decision, making a relationship decision. And let me just describe to you that course. He's, it says, if you're single, this course is for you. You will be empowered with the tools and skills to run your relationship in a way that minimizes vulnerabilities and maximizes discernment. This course teaches you what you need to know about a partner that will predict what they will be like in a long-term committed relationship, as well as how to pace a growing relationship in a safe way. After completing Head Meets Heart, you will be able to follow your heart without losing your mind. Now, I'm holding in my mind holding my mind, holding in my hand, a little magnetic uh, chart, so to speak, that's used in John Epps courses. I've actually uh, taught this to groups right here in South Carolina, to the uh, singles group from around the state, and it's called the RAM model, R-A-M, which stands for Relationship Attachment Model. And it's basically five steps in developing a strength of a relationship, and you don't just fall head over heels, head over heels. When you lose your head, you get yourself in relationships you're going to deeply regret. So there's five graded types of stages in a relationship you would go through. First is know. You get to know the person. Second then you begin to trust them. Third, you rely upon them. Fourth is you commit. And fifth is touch. Now, just kind of how it's done in the movies, and unfortunately, a lot of what young people see in the movies is what people do, you know, second date, you begin the touch. Well, the touch is the last. You have to go through the four stages or else the touch is going to overwhelm what comes before. And not only do you follow this order, but there's like 10 stages, like it looks like a little train track. You go click, 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 click. That no always has to be higher than the next level, trust. And then know and trust has to be higher on the next level, rely, and the same with commitment. And then finally, touch. And if you read his book, and this is, this is a master stroke, um, and it, it sounds a little risque, but the final chapter of his book is how to have great sex. And of course, young people turn there immediately, and basically he builds a extremely strong sociological case for saving sexual relationships for marriage and why. And when you get that in front of these other things, it's sending very powerful brain chemicals that really steer your whole brain and your relationship, and you can end up making disastrous decisions as a result of that. And you basically keep this in a certain order. And I'm just going to read from the table of contents how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. And this is just the no part. This is the first thing. And you really, you know, you don't want to get tangled up in a relationship 
before you know the person. And so it's, in, in a way, it's, it's a guarded progression. And one's in subtitled, do I really know you? Uh, and one of the things he recommends, and you don't ask this on the first date or second date, but you start asking questions you want to know about the patterns from other relationships and previous relationships or even previous engagements. You want to know about that. You want to know how long the relationship lasts, why it broke up. You want to hear these things because these patterns tend to repeat themselves. Here's a a chapter that um, I don't know if young people still realize this. Do young people still watch the Beverly Hillbillies on the old black and white TV, or maybe it was in color? But it's entitled, You Can't Marry Jethro Without Getting the Clampets. And the Clampets were a hillbilly family that moved to Hollywood. And the idea is you want to get to know the family background of that person because so many young adults saying, we're just going to go off by ourselves. We're going to make our own decision. And then we'll announce to the family we're getting married. And a lot of young people do that. But that's not the best way to make a good decision because when you visit each other's families and get to know each other's families and siblings and everything else, you're getting a 3D picture of what your spouse is going to be like. So that's... um That's very important. He mentions you need to get to know the patterns of conscience. In other words, is he or she an ethical person? Uh, Do they lie or do they tell the truth in uncomfortable situations? Uh, Can they keep a commitment? And these are just some of the things you would want to know in the stage of getting to know the person And the more you know them, the more you like what you come to know, then your trust levels go up. And as your trust levels go up, then you can go to the third stage as you begin begin to rely on that person, rely on that relationship. And he says that uh, you need six to eight months in order for that third stage to reach a maturity. I'm not saying it has to be during a pre-cana program, but he says it takes a while from that kind of stage of uh, putting the best face forward on a date to really getting to know the person. And he has a very interesting thing that really least struck me in the book. He says to a young woman, okay, you need to take some time and again, until uh, the real person, so to speak, comes out and takes six to eight months to do this, and you're out at a restaurant, and, and a waitress really blows it, really blows the order and got it all screwed up and delivers his food, not what he wanted, not how he wanted. And then John Van Epp says, that is your time to see how is he is going to treat you when you are cooking a meal for him after you've been married a few years. And I'm like, whoa, I've never forgotten that. It's just kind of like it takes a while for that type of thing to come out. So you're getting to know the person, you're getting to know their ethics, getting to know their relationship dynamics, and then you are trusting him, relying on him, and then you can come and commit. Now, having said that, I'd like to discuss, in light of what I just mentioned, and I do this as, as a friend, and I have what I'm about to share with you, I have shared with those who are doing 
pre-cana programs, including family life directors for various dioceses. But there's a really big flaw in pre-cana, and it's this. During pre-cana, you are given it's not a test and because there's no pass fail. And so people get nervous. It was like, it's my driver's test. Can I drive or not? Am I going to get a license to get married? It's not that. It's basically called an inventory. But these are incredibly effective instruments in predicting whether or not you're going to have a happy and successful marriage or perhaps your relationship is one that's headed for divorce. And there are three or four of these things. The one used most for Catholics is called FOCUS, spelled F-O-C-C-U-S. And I'll mention the whole (laughs) slew of words describing it. I think it's a little over the top, but it's facilitating open couple communication, understanding, and study. I'll just say it's an x-ray to each of your personalities and how your personalities intersect with each other. These things are, are really clever. There's another one. I've actually taken the training by this. Uh, it's been used by over a million couples. It's called Prepare and very similar to Focus. Uh, In fact, I have uh, been in a workshop where the founders of both Focus, Prepare, and another one developed by the Mormon Church called Relate that's available online. And the Mormon one is just about family and marriage. It's not about any uh, Mormon-type doctrines. But all three, Focus, Prepare, and Relate, are been tested with extremely high reliability that, uh, for instance, um, I think prepare, they're between about 82 and 84% reliability in predicting a happy, committed, long-term marriage versus getting a divorce. And you think, wow, that's that's really incredible. And then there's a fourth one. It's actually the one that um, I just like, and they're all good. Don't get me wrong. They're all good. Uh, but it's one I was trained in in a premarital uh, class in seminary called the Taylor Johnson Temperament Analysis. And you take the whole inventory first for yourself, okay? And then on the second step, you take it for your fiance. And then um, back in the day, and by the way, I was talking about an evangelical seminary. The class was taught at night because your wife, if you were married in seminary, would have to help you with the grading of these things because it's all graphically displayed. So you can see in an instant compared to national norms, the national norms Uh, are in kind of a gray background. And then you see the two lines in blue and red, how they intersect with each other, and then how these personality traits relate to each other or cause conflict with each other. And it also shows how well you think you know each other. In other words, how you answer for yourself and then how your mate sees you. Uh, So the Taylor Johnson, it's really excellent. I've used it um, 
for a long time, and it provides some early indicators of highly emotional, troubled individuals. I've mentioned a Taylor Johnson um, on the air here, and I administered it to a couple uh, thinking of getting married, and it broke the relationship. And I'll tell you that the uh, young woman who took that uh, is extremely, extremely grateful that the relationship broke. And some of the situations that showed up in the Taylor Johnson, she has, in a wonderful way, taken responsibility to cultivate uh, a healing in her own life so that she can be prepared for a lifelong marriage. These things are wonderful. Now, how do young people test a relationship? Because to get to pre-Cana, okay, um, you're engaged. And often the wedding date is already set. You're just having to get through the six months of pre-Cana. Now, when a wedding date is set for an engaged couple, okay, uh, my description is that the train has left the station, and that train does not have a thing called brakes. It's just barreling along without a, really a very good ability to stop. And then sometime in the middle of that pre-cana, okay, which means you're committed. You're committed. You've reached that, that fourth stage. And that knowledge, trust, and reliance should all precede that and be higher than the commitment. But your commitment is sky high, if, particularly if you set the wedding date. It's, it changes things dramatically. And you're already committed. And then sometime during that commitment stage in pre-Cana, you go back to stage one and start to get to know the person. These instruments, and by the way, I've done premarital counseling as a pastor, and it's very interesting. I would say one of the best things of these instruments is the discussions that come out and the knowledge then that gets shared between the guy and the girl. It's just fantastic. But my point being, these things are absolutely excellent. I have no problem for using them in pre-Cana, but they come way too late. You're waiting to get to know the person till after you've committed to the person. And once you've committed, it's very difficult to stop the train. Although I know in Prepare, they went and analyzed it, that if um, they have been engaged six months or less, 10% of the people taking Prepare will break an engagement. And some people say, well, I don't want to break an engagement. <laughs> it's a pray too long to find this, this man or this woman. But... Um, you know, it can be really rough if you're in a wrong situation. So what I have advocated is that you put these before pre-cana. It's like pre-premarital counseling. In other words, before you get to the commitment, before you get to the engagement, before you start pre-cana, you take one of these to get the knowledge, just like why you want to visit the person's family and get to know them, be in a relationship for enough time to see how they react in different situations. You want to take these instruments are fantastic. They all are fantastic. I'm all for each one of them. They're great, but they're given at the wrong time. And I've shared this with pre-Cana uh, leaders, with 
Dawson family life leaders never had one of those leaders basically say, no, that, that's that's not a good idea. No, that's a great idea. It makes all the sense in the world, but they don't change it. So I don't know exactly how to do this, but maybe if you're a mom and dad listening, if you want to do a, a, a great service to someone, get them the how to, uh, to avoid falling in love with a jerk. And that's basically the uh, the situations that Taylor Swift sings about all the time, or at least she used to sing about all the time, and how you can do a progressive relationship that leads to a solid commitment rather than making a commitment without getting to know the person. And what you could do is use a second instrument. I've told you about four of them, focus, prepare, relate. So if you're going to use focus during the middle of pre-cana, that's great. Take two of these. It's it's worth your time. It's worth the effort. But why not get the Taylor Johnson or the prepare before you get engaged? This would be a really smart step. Now, do you know what 84% of young adults say the reason they're cohabiting? 84% that the single biggest reason they're cohabiting is to test compatibility, to test if they have a reliable relationship and to avoid divorce. And actually, they found out through research, this is actually leading to marital weakness and even disaster. Cohabitation is not a good way. Cohabitation is not kind of marriage in the, uh, I don't know, early stage. or so. It's a different type of relationship that doesn't involve commitment. And if you want to avoid the cohabitation risk, Again, that book, How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk, you're better off going through these steps so that you can make a very solid decision for lifelong happiness in marriage. This is really good news, and it's not doing anything we don't do now. Either move focus to the pre-engagement status, or maybe your parish as a service to the future marriages. And I can't think of anything that you could do that young people would be more grateful for in the long run rather than leaving the Catholic Church, as so many do at that stage. Just mention a couple words in a homily when you're talking about commitment to Christ and commitment in marriage and mention that our parish offers prepare or the Taylor Johnson instruments for those of you deciding whether or not to get engaged. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 400 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.